0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of Outside Looking In. I know it's been like five or six days since the last one came out. They were supposed to be every day throughout September, but with the move and media day and more, I guess, journalistic responsibilities, I've had a little bit of trouble doing so. We should be back on track. But yes, okay, so Outside Looking In, we talk to somebody from every market covering every team so that you get the outside perspective on the Raptors and that you also learn a ton about the league at large. And today we are doing the Rockets with Ali Bijani, who is, you know, Rockets Twitter, the people who pay attention to what happens and what goes on. Oh man, here we this, go. This is a guy who you just, that's the guy you follow. You're gonna learn a ton about the Rockets and you know, it's good vibes. You can follow him at Locked On Rockets, of course, but also Rockets Film Room. The Film Room guys, maybe you're noticing there's been quite a few of them on this podcast i love the people who do x's and o's ali khan is a person who can do so but how you doing man good. you know when
1: you mentioned rockets Twitter, i thought you were about to mention somebody on rockets twitter pissed off rock uh, a rapper's twitter person oh, i was no. like man i'm distancing myself away from rockets twitter if that's the case oh man but no good good to hear it was all good things that's
0: good. i i i have been privy to the infighting between like you know, the, the top four that were selected, even let's say like top six oh, yeah. in the NBA right. draft of last year,
1: mm-hmm. each,
0: each fan base is very protective of their of their guy. Oh, yeah. And the Rockets sh- Rockets fans should be so excited about Jalen Raptors yeah. fans should be so excited about Scotty. Yeah. But I imagine they come to blows at times arguing about it.
1: But you know what's funny, though, about that? What's that? Scotty and Jalen are very close. Yeah, they're buddies. <laughs> They're like really close friends, so this makes it even funnier to me. All and they're happened.
0: they're both number four now too, so a little bit more yeah. more synergy now. So, but the Raptors in general, yeah, I kind of when I say Raptors, that team, you look back to last season, they've had media day. There's a bunch of continuity there.
1: The team will look similar. What are your thoughts on it? Man, you know, I like the Raptors. I've been following the Raptors for a long time. My um, family in Toronto, family in Canada, so. I hear all about Rappers basketball over there. So I was very happy when they won the championship. Um, but, you know, when I look at this Rappers team, they're just good, man. They're just good. But, like, I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but I'm feeling like I'm missing one piece. Just, it's just I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's, like, a Kawhi-like piece, maybe because I'm just thinking about Kawhi in this situation. Um, but, you know, when I look top to bottom on that roster and the coaches – and just the front office, man, it's like it's one of those few teams in the league that I'm like, I'm very confident in to do the right thing. And I look at Fred. Fred's great. Big fan of Fred. Been a fan of him since college. Look at Pascal. I'm very high on Pascal. Very high on Scotty. I was very high on Scotty before the draft. Um, I mean, I just really like the team. I like the direction they're going in. And I've been reading, you know, some of the early thoughts from training camp from the Raptors and how they kind of wanted to change a little bit um, and kind of, you know, establish more. It kind of not necessarily establish more, but deviate away from the isolation basketball they've been doing a little bit last last season or two, and so for me it's it's interesting because that team is full of guys who I think play well off each other. So how is how do you kind of change the offense to fit that style of play? So i I'm, I'm eager to see kind of what happens from that end. Defensively though, man, when I talk to friends or when I talk to other guys around the league, I always talk about the Raptors defense because I'm like. You look at what they did in the finals, and I think that was the first time. I met X's and those guys probably noticed this a while back with Nick Nurse. But in the finals, it was front and center, the different things they were doing to staff in that team. And now when you think of newer, not new, but like more so defensive schemes that are kind of um, progressive in the league, you think of Nick Nurse and his coaching staff doing it. So I always love watching the Raptors play defensively as well. They may not rank number one defensively. But you know they play hard, and they're going to play a style that's going to take away your first or second option, which is f- which forces you to adapt and kind of go into more of a layered offense to be able to score against them. So um, that those are my thoughts for the Raptors. But that also comes from the fact that I watch a lot of Raptors games, um, and so for me, and o- also just announcing crew and just top to bottom league pass coverage. TSN is great. So um, yeah, man, you can you can pretty much call me a guy who, who supports the Raptors a little bit.
0: So you brought up. A few of the biggest questions about that team, obviously, yeah. Yeah. when we we think about them being at the forefront of defensive innovation, mm-hmm. at media day, I asked Nick Nurse if he picked up anything from international play with Team Canada recently. He obviously didn't divulge what that might have been, but he said, "Yeah, we learned some things." Uh, I'm excited to dive into the film when I'm watching this season. See what pops up. There's always these invoke things that you know come along. I'm excited offensively if they do more screen your own stuff where it's like guys are maybe preemptively switching against, you know, a Pascal Scotty action or Pascal Fred action or whatever. And, you know, they can start doing some of those actions that Luca thrived in, except with Pascal on ball, so yeah. that it's less isolation for him and stuff like that. I'm very excited to see kind of how they yeah. spread their wings. And yeah, there's there's always room for innovation with squads like this especially since they were so bare bones offensively. I just want to see what happens on that side of the floor. The defense I expect with so many guys coming back will probably improve. And they were fourth best for like from like January till the end of the season. They were like the fourth best defense. They finished ninth on the season. I think, as you said, like it's innovative. It'll be there this season. There'll be some blow-up games, of course, given their scheme, but yeah. I expect good things. To focus more in on singular players, though, between the Rockets and the Raptors, we can kind of do a little bit more conversation on the two guys we brought up earlier, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes. So I'll give my take on Jalen Green, and you give your take on Scotty Barnes. So Let's do it. If any, if any Rockets fans are coming in here, <laughs> welcome to what I think of your young star. So when I was doing bouncing around with Evan Golberto, I compared Jalen Green, his little throw ahead dribble coming off of pin downs and stuff to Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. And somehow Detroit Pistons Twitter found that tweet and they were just really upset about that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not here to relitigate that. I just mean to say, I've thought that Jalen Green possesses unique and valuable athletic traits that we've seen in stars before. But he also, it's the little in-between stuff like, oh yeah, he's, he's navigating screens like Isaiah Thomas did, but he also has this insane pop at the rim and he's going to shoot the ball well. Like it's, it's clearly coming. This guy can punch a gap with the best of them in the NBA and he's yeah. in, in air, he's extremely dangerous. He seems to me like if you have any questions about him developing his playmaking, too, you just we've seen athletic scoring guards in this era of the NBA. They have really been able to de- like kind of develop out their playmaking over the course of a few years. Yeah. So many guys have done it. DeMar DeRozan, Booker, Levine. Anthony Edwards will probably do it too. Jalen Green, he's gonna score the hell out of the ball. He's gonna yeah. pressure the hell out of defenses, and then he's gonna start making more of those playmaking reads. I wouldn't be surprised if this dude goes for 30 a game, like during one season of his career. He's just he's gonna score the hell out of the ball. He I makes think it look awesome. easy, man. He makes it look really easy. Yeah. That's that's kind of my my spiel on on Jalen Green for anybody who who cares. And when I when I look at Scotty.
1: I'm obviously we know all about his defensive abilities. And I think you can essentially create a scheme with him at the point of attack where it's not just a guy who's a good help defender and isolation player, but he can essentially the way defenses are playing in the league. Now he can kind of block off a specific part of the court. And so a good, a good example is like when we watch the finals, because a lot of people who watch basketball will watch the finals. You'll see, teams essentially kind of zoning off parts of the half court, making it more difficult for you to be able to get the ball to specific parts or making specific types of passes to specific players. And with Scotty's wingspan and his ability to kind of just log down a specific area, whoever's he defending or just that area overall, you can do a lot of unique things with the types of kind of hybrid man-to-man and zone defenses you're playing in the league nowadays. And so for me, from that perspective, Scotty's just a weapon. He, you can do so many things with him. And I and he never gets tired, which I really like about him. He's always, always, always moving. And then offensively, man, <laughs> I don't like the Giannis comparisons with Scottie. I don't because I think they're two different players. But just the ability to take on space and kind of get to where he wants to go from one side of the court to the other, I think that's such a really spe- that's a such that's a special skill in its own. And I think as he continues to add and works on having more of a concise dribble closer to his body as he kind of attacks, gets his shooting down too. I mean, he's going to be a really good player. He's going to be a great two-way player in this league. And hopefully for Raptors fans, he can be that player that you solidify as that guy. You know, as Fred gets older in his career, Fred's still really young, but as Fred grows, Pascal grows, you got Scotty there to be able to help you and also be another alpha to take a shot. And I'm just a really big fan of how he fits in versatility wise with everybody in the roster. You know, you got Precious, you got a lot of different guys on that team who I really like. I like Blanton as well. I mean, you guys got like different players who can play different types of positions and roles. And what Scotty does, he can not only do that, but he can excel at it and be an alpha and offensively. And so for me, that's why he's he's such an exciting prospect in the league to come, in the years to come
0: so you bringing up the kind of attacking space as the that's the realistic comp to Giannis. there's not there's not very many similarities in their game outside of their from a young age those guys they're like give me the contact i want to like yeah other guys ante up see if you can meet me where i'm at which a lot of young players do not do they're usually quite contact diverse and so they have that similarity yeah but also Giannis isn't the natural playmaker that Scotty is. The vision, Scotty is—he's just not nearly as big as Giannis yeah. either. And Giannis, you know, there's there's different types of fluidity athletically mm. that that Giannis has that Scotty doesn't. It's just they're very different, but they do yeah. share that in common. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. And as far as yeah, when I when I think about those two guys, I I do think comparisons are fun for a lot of people, but I don't expect them to look. When we think of Giannis's prime versus when Scottie finally gets there, I don't expect them to look the same. But as you said, Scottie, there's a lot of burgeoning things happening all at once. It's tough for anybody to really say what he's going to look like. We I can agree. kind of just say we expect it
1: to be good when it comes. And he has skills. Like I'm not saying that he's Giannis. My, the, like you said, the point is, is that he does things are, which are unique in the NBA. I think that's a draft prospect that's why I liked him I like Evan Mobley because they're unique in the way you can set them up in the league and Scotty allows you to be able to play different types of styles offensively defensively as he continues to grow and he has skills as you know players that are very good players in this league superstar players good players in the league in, in this league he has skills that kind of mimic that or he has athletic qualities that you can see him continue to grow into over time and allow him to play a similar style in some of those ways so Yeah. Like I said, he's, he's his own player. You know, Scott is his own player, but he has skills that just really make you say, wow, like this kid can be good. Yeah. He, he,
0: he's been an absolute treat to watch for the early part of his career. And so this kind of takes us, we've been talking about how the Raptors are this, you know, a brilliant team with this great coaching staff and they, they're playing this innovative form of basketball. Their guys play hard. They have a clear identity. I'm curious because I, I'm not aware of an... I Like, maybe the Rockets do have one. It could yeah. be my own ignorance. But I'm not aware of an identity in Houston. Something since Harden left and Maury and everybody knew that those two guys were synonymous with the type of basketball they were playing. I love Jalen Green. I really am intrigued by Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Jay Sean Tate is awesome. Like, there's a lot of really interesting things happening there. But I'm curious, is there an overarching... Like culture,
1: what, what what's going on in Houston? So the word that when you ask the Rockets on media day, the word that they would use to describe what they want the culture to be, just want they want the team to be is electric. And that was the one consistent word, which is really interesting, the concept of electric. You would think like something else, but electric was the word. When I think of the Rockets, I think this is more a, of a year to figure out what Steven Salas is like in terms of the system. And also what we can see in terms of a vision of how they want to play moving forward. I think last season was a chance for Jalen to grow, and you have Shangun and other rookies a chance to grow. It was very, I, I, I don't like using this word because NBA offenses are not vanilla, but it was more so a very basic structure. Like if you're going to run pistol action or 21 series, you're going to run delay, you're going to run all these different types of things. It was a very basic kind of like just like foundational action, it wasn't layered. Now you're getting into a situation where Steven Silas wants to layer his actions, wants to be able to get his players in situations where they can be successful. For example, using Shane um, as a more of a static player, having him create offense from the post versus a guy like potentially Jabari on the roll towards the rim or shooting from a five out. So if if I'm looking at identity right now, the Rockets are a five out team who want to be able to get stops and push the ball in transition and get easy baskets. And they want to be a team that's good defensively and gets rebounds. Somewhere they they were worst or amongst the worst in the league last season, and that's why they came out and they got Jabari Smith third overall. That's why they came out and got Tari Eason in the draft. That's why you come out and you you know you bring back players that can help you defensively. Um, and so so that's where they're at right now. I think that seeing how well they do when they they put Jalen. Shango and other guys in situations with good spacing lineups. Let's see what this offense looks like. I think the jury is still out on if Steven Salas can be a good coach in this league. He's a very smart coach just from conversations with him and the times he's talked to us in the media and just t- times you talk to him. Like he's a very smart coach. He knows his X's and O's. He knows his stuff. But he's in a situation where he's helping a young team develop and grow. And in that situation, can he get to a point where he's helping these young guys play good basketball. And that's that's what I'm interested in seeing. Um, and so identity-wise, they don't have one, but they, won't, they, they are all geared towards establishing a culture, a culture that essentially considers them a team that nobody wants to play against, which was also another phrase that was tossed around a lot in the first few days of media day and training camp. Tari Eason, I'm glad you brought him up. I know
0: quite a few people who saw him as like a top 10 guy rather than where he actually got picked up. I'm really interested to see how how he shakes out. But nobody is more electric basically than Kevin Porter Jr. on a good Kevin Porter Jr. night. And when I look at the last like 25 games of his season, mm. you look at like 19 and 6 and he's banging triples, a lot of them. He is a water dancer with the ball. He's basically there's there's like four or five guys in the NBA who dribble and move like Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. And I'm curious, you're a guy who watches like every game. You've seen the ups and downs. What are you
1: expecting to happen with KPJ this season? You mentioned his stats from the second half of the season, kind of the last few games. He looked, he looked much better with the, with the turnovers. For me, that's a big. When you're a point guard and you're trying to grow into a point guard role, are you turning the basketball over or are you setting your teammates up? Not only did his turnover numbers go down, he set his teammates up, but he played well next to Jalen. And he coexisted with Jalen. And that's really important. If you want to be a point guard of this team, you got to understand that Jalen needs to have the ball in his hands. He's going to have the balls either bringing the ball up the floor. He's going to come off a curl with the big diving and Jalen kind of attacking with his first, quick first step, setting up or dunking himself. You know, Jalen's got, got to score the basketball. So that means the ball's not going to be in your hands. You have to be able to show that you can score effectively off the ball. And that's shooting you mentioned. Kevin Porter Jr. shot 40% on catch and shoot threes last season. And that's showing you that he can play that off-ball role. So it's it's excited. it excites me. I'm eager to see what happens. He's shown a lot of really good maturity. If you talk to the Rockets behind the scenes, he's showing maturity. And so I'm eager to see what happens. This is a big year for him. It's a contract year. It's a chance for him to be able to find a permanent home in the league, a permanent home in terms of his career and his life. I think I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal for Kevin Porter Jr. and I'm rooting for him. Um, but let, let, let's, we'll see what happens. Do I think he can be a good point guard? You know, not going to lie to you, you know, I I was very, very much on him being a good sixth man in this league um, as far as like a year ago. But just based off what he showed me those last few games of the regular season last season and, you know, what I've heard, I think he has a shot. He could potentially take on this point guard role and going into a season where the Rockets are still going to be developing. And odds are they're going to be a situation where they're going for a top draft pick again. You have some guards available in this next 2023 draft. If you don't get Victor right, and it's a big year for KPJ to be able to show, I can be the point guard of this team. I would I would
0: love if he popped. That would be like if we're seeing like twenty three points a game. Like it's just, you know, the the shot is hitting, especially the pull up stuff with with his dribble packages. Man, he's good with pull
1: ups, man. Like he 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 has situations that you talk about him like dribbling on water, for example. Like this guy has a way to kind of maneuver his body toward the upper part to go one way, the lower part to go other gets past defenders and like maneuvers his hand into a layup. I mean, it's just incredible to watch him kind of, kind of slice his way through the defense, especially in the paint. Um, But that comes down to, can he hit shots on a regular basis from three? Can he play off of Jalen? Can he get back defensively? Can you do the things that you do need a point guard to be able to do? Not a scorer, not a facilitator, a point guard. He has to be able to, take on this role fully with his hands and show that he can be that guy.
0: So this brings us to probably the, the conversation I was most excited about with this is because there are two young bigs that, and it won't be Jabari Smith, so if anybody <laughs> wanted to hear about him, my apologies, but Shangun and Precious Achua. Shengun representing the all-in on offense, the question marks on defense type of player. Obviously we've seen it a lot with bigs precious on the other side of things. Of course it changed during the second half of the season and during the playoffs, but largely you zoom out from his second, his first year with the Raptors, you're looking at a guy who impressed immensely defensively and had significant struggles on offense. Just those two being compared, does anything kind of, you know, flashbulb thoughts pop in your mind?
1: That's tough. I don't know if there's a lot of comparisons we can find between the two. Samson, what do you think? Do you have any comparisons? So this
0: is why it's fun is I just like bouncing these guys off of each other because it's very rare that you find the inverse of another player. Whereas Precious, every once in a while, we saw like the Raptors run some Princeton where Precious is kind of running through reads above the break Mm. with the ball. And that's fun but that's not nearly the same as Shangun getting tossed the ball and them running actions around him and him going to work. Yeah, one Stuff is on that, the
1: move, one is more static, especially yeah. when he's going, yeah.
0: And, and Precious is the guy who, like, when he was shooting the ball well towards the end of the season, he gets a closeout. It's like pump and into the lane, this massive dunk. It's all about mobility for mm-hmm. Precious. And defensively, Precious is also a guy who, he was really great in drop. He had games where he was the primary defender on, you know, Giannis and LeBron and fared extremely well. Yeah. Just a very, very interesting defender. And so, yeah, I just want to con- have a conversation about like, that's what I think about Shangoon. I'm curious what you think about Precious from the outside looking in because I know some people who are incredibly high on him, but I know some people who are just like, oh, it's just another long guy in Toronto.
1: I'm very high on Precious. I thought he should have been starting over Cambridge personally. Um, <laughs> that's just me. Uh, but, uh, the thing about precious that excites me is he's athletic, he's long, and you can put him on the perimeter with Kim. It sometimes, I mean, you could, but I'm just a lot more confident and precious to be able to get the job done in a closing lineup situation where you're going against an isolation of the best, the best perimeter player on the opposite team. And for me, Precious just showed me more flashes of that. And then also, just Precious is so strong. I mean, if you just get him on the move, if you get him just coming off the screen. I mean, Nick Nurse is so magnificent in the way he does his movement offense, sometimes off after timeouts or just cycling out of bounds, whatever the situation is. Just get him on the move. Let him set a screen, let him slip. Give him the ball. He'll run straight to the rim and dunk it down. I mean, he's just such a powerful force around the rim that I don't need him shooting threes, even though he's trying to get to that point where he could be that consistent. I don't need him doing that. I just need him to be powerful and a good rim running big. Because we talk about horizontal spacing, but the vertical spacing is as important in the league being able to be a vertical threat. And Precious is a vertical threat if you can put him in situations where you're maximizing.
0: That's, um, that brings the most interesting conversation about Precious and where he's at because, as you say, he's very clearly, he can add vertical spacing If he's weaponized in that situation Mm -hmm. his pacing as a role, man has historically been like quite poor. And additionally, like you, you talked about the Rockets going five out because they have, they have a lot of skill at a lot of different positions. You go five out, obviously that's what you're going to do. Like the defense is spread out and Jalen gets one step on a guy. That's a really good thing to have happening. Precious, a guy who on four attempts, a game, catch and shoot attempts a game was hitting, you know, like 40% from three post-All-Star break. And the Raptors started playing with that that read and react. Like, they said, okay, well, Precious is more of a five-out type of big than he is, you know, the guy who can draw a tag from the defense. Because yeah. nobody drew a tag for the Raptors except OG. Like, the Raptors, they could not draw the tag from the weak side. They had a lot <laughs> of trouble. you got
1: to be able to make the pass, man. you got to be able to make the pass. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's, it's just very interesting. But you did, you did bring up the, you know, you talked about being kind of fascinated with some of the ATOs and some of the, the read and react principles that the Raptors have. And so that's like the final question is, as an X's and O's guy, you have the unique ability among many people who watch basketball is you can look at another team doing something, say, I know what that's called, or at least I know where the advantage is coming from. I know the machinations that make that up. I want my team to do that. So is there anything you wish the Raptors would do that Houston would do, given their guys? And is there anything when you look at the Raptors, you say, I wish Houston did that?
1: I'm going to look at this for more so what the Rockets can take away from the Raptors. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing here. Number one, the way they clear up space for Pascal and get him the ball in positions where he can be successful, just clearing him up space. I think the Rockets need to start learning how to do that with Alperen Sengun. Sengun is just so good at just reading. I mean, he showed that to you in EuroLeague, especially when he was their best player and the guy who they went to for a basket late. Give him the ball in a situation where he where he feels like he can score or he can pass, and let him get to work. That's what happened with Pascal, and Pascal was so good at it, doing that and 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 just the isolation aspect of it. Second, defensively, the ability to switch. Not like switching, but switch your schemes on different possessions. I think if you want to be a successful defensive team, you don't have to do that man to man hybrid, like uh, that man to man hybrid defense all the time, every possession, even though that's kind of where the league is gearing towards. It's becoming more of an NFL kind of scheme. But I'm thinking that if you can, at least one possession, you can do some hedging or you can do some showing. And the next person, you come back and you switch it. get Just get the offense off balance a little bit. Don't let them get into a rhythm. And that's what the Raptors are so good at doing. I, I'm just going back and looking at the Sixers series against James Harden. Yeah, James Harden's health was in question. But they did a good job on James. James struggled. And he struggled for a good reason because they threw different things out of different looks. And just the concept of throwing looks to me is such an important thing. Because once you get those looks down, you have those different variations down. Then we talk about with offense you can layer your defense. You can be able to send different players in different positions and then throw the def- throw the offense off even more because you have different things going on. You have a player possibly on one position who's on the weak side, next position he's the one who's attacking you on the show. So it's like it's different things that the Raptors do that I really like defensively that just go beyond oh, they're just showing or they're just switching. Like they're doing things to throw you off balance. And I think that's something that just the Rockets other teams in the league can learn from. That's that's
0: a great point. Some of the funnest games I saw last year were when the Raptors were mixing between... Like, there was one game against the Hawks where we saw at the level, we saw drop, we saw hedge, we saw switch, and we saw switch to blitz. Yeah, Every single one of those. And Trey torched them, by the way, but that's Trey Young. Like, Trey Young is a guy, if anybody's going to do it in pick and roll, see all the different adjustments that the defense is making and just shred it anyway, that's the dude. But as a guy who likes basketball, as a person who likes basketball, watching a team try and just do new things at the point of attack is is one of the the true treats of watching the Raptors. And I suspect that, and I suspect that Rockets fans probably want to see a lot of that type of stuff, especially with Jabari Smith in the fold in the front court.
1: I'm I'm very high on Jabari. I don't know where he's gonna be. I'm actually I. I have no idea what he's going to be in his career, but I'm very excited to see how he turns out because he's a moldable player. You can put him into anything you want. That's that's
0: kind of what I've heard so far. He he was of the big, like the guys who got a lot of attention around draft time. He was the guy I knew the least about. And I've seen a lot of conversation about him. And you know when a team drafts a guy and then the the conversations start getting like bigger and bigger? That's something I noticed, that the Rockets and Rockets fans you you go into the film and you start getting really excited about a guy. And I, I kind of noticed that about Jabari. I think he, especially you see him like step out on dudes. People love when Biggs can step out. Oh, he talks,
1: dudes. man. I like yeah. that about the players. You talk, you back it up and he can back it up defensively. So I'm, I'm going to be excited to watch him play because I've heard a lot of good things about him and his competitiveness. And at the NBA level, you want guys who are competitive on your basketball team.
0: Absolutely. So at the end of it all, we have, you know, the electric team, and the gritty, you know, kind of grind ball, innovative team with the Raptors. I'm, I'm curious to see how the season shake out for both teams. Uh, Ali Khan, the opportunity is yours to plug yourself, to let the people know how to keep up with you, where your work is, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Rockets underscore insider. Um, be posting a lot of film clips during the course of the season. Also do a show Um Lock, Rockets film room, just other stuff with on Rockets. So a lot of good stuff co- and good content coming there. So if you like podcasts, which I'm sure you do, if you're listening to this or you're watching this, um, make sure you're following to on Rockets if you want some of that perspective as well. But it's been a pleasure, man. Been a big big fan of yours for a while now, so appreciate you bringing me on. Man, I I just appreciate
0: everybody who comes on to talk with me about all this kind of stuff because it's tough to get you know, 29 different people together. So everyone who says, hey, I'd like to talk to you. I'm like, thank you. There's so (laughs) many of these, man. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and the kind words. Uh, Listener, thank you for tuning in. Whether you're watching this on the podcast, just keep doing or listening on the podcast. Keep doing your thing. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, because that's good for the algorithm and all that kind of stuff, too. So uh, Ali Kambijani, Samsung Folk or J Sam Tate, if you've been paying attention to the the usernames, whatever. Uh, we'll see ya. Take care.